Hey pumpkins, it's Nick. The following episode of Copulators Die First contains spoilers about the film we are discussing this week. And if you haven't seen the film, go ahead and give it a watch. Don't worry, we'll be right here waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah, and as always, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your favorite listening application. Now, on to this week's episode. Hey pumpkins, and welcome back to another week at Copulators Die First. I'm Ash. Boo. You did me a frighten. I'm Nick. Do you want to know why I did you a frighten? Tell me. It's the first week of Homoween. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, Gus, yes, get into it. Lionel did a boo. Oh, that was Lionel? Okay. Oh, boo Boo right. for the boo. Um, yeah, so it's like officially, like officially, officially spooky season, but it's technically been spooky season in my heart all year round. Yeah, but now we have like a calendar page on which we can dedicate. Yeah. Yo, boo, shut up. You ain't a part of this gig. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to discuss, uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 oh, my God. What was I going to say? Camp. Campy camp. Campity camp camp classic. So raunchy. Um, I haven't, like, uh, I haven't watched this movie, like, as an adult. Like, I watched it as a teenager, and it's been a minute. And I forgot how uh, inappropriate it really is. There are no... It, it's all double entendres, but they're very obvious. Yeah, it's like all like tongue in cheek, um, uh, certainly unapologetic. She plays on her own shtick. She knows what her shtick is. Yeah, it's self aware. It's a lot of my favorite things. Um, but yeah, so this is the first official week of. What we are calling Homoween. Um, so we're doing obviously scary movies regardless because this is a horror comedy podcast. But um, we're doing like super special ones that have special places in our heart during the actual spooky season. Um, and. Oh, Lord Jesus, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's okay. Um, uh, we're going to go to um, someplace in Massachusetts. That's that's what we know where we're going. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to... Um, the fuck is the name of this town? Hold on one second. Falwell, Massachusetts. However... This was actually just recorded on the Warner Brothers backlot, so yeah, it's very backlotty in a really charming way, and I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, this is a movie that uh, certainly holds a special place in my heart as a female empowerment spooky flick. Um, there's, you know, not many of those necessarily but um this is uh headed by probably the most self-aware spooky bitch 
uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and um, hmm. So I, I just have to like let everyone know that we've both been napping, and it's Sunday. <laughs> And I was eating chocolate chips out of the bag. So I'm not sure if I'm like coming down from a sugar rush right now. But hopefully within the next few minutes, I'll get my actual shit together. It's okay. It's what Sundays are for. Um, So Elvira, she's doing like her host gig still in this Mm -hmm. movie. Like on a TV station. And she's got it in the works to do like the whole thing. But in vegas question mark like they never really tell you what she's actually gonna be doing in vegas other than having her own show but it's like it's hard to tell what she's actually going to be able to do because she's just been a tv hostess well yes um but but she needs fifty thousand dollars she do need fifty thousand dollars that that flamingo hotel and casino want that fifty thousand dollars or or else they're not hosting the show and um you know, this movie is like a little bit autobiographical for Cassandra Peterson, who is Elvira. Um, she started out her career as a Vegas showgirl. So, you know, she kind of injected her own life story into the Elvira canon. Because uh, this is really the first time that we got a deep dive into her world. Um, but kind of opposite because she obviously went from Vegas to Elvira and Elvira is going from uh, being a horror hostess to having a show on the Vegas Strip. Um, But what I love about this movie is like the 10,001 one-liners that she has. Oh my God, Um, they're so good. And it got to a point where, like, I couldn't keep up anymore, so I just stopped writing them down. Um, But, you know, it's very much, like, I understand why this is RuPaul's favorite movie, because this is very much his brand of humor. It's like, you know, knocking the wind out of not only the world, but yourself, because in knocking the wind out of yourself, you're giving your self the permission to also call shit on everything else um and that's very much what elvira does but more so in the women can be sexy and also powerful and not just be whores category right Uh, and like it also leaves it up to cassandra peterson slash elvira to be funny because that's that's where she excels yeah she's got a really she's got a really quick tongue on her and um you know the boobs are real uh at least in this movie i don't think she's ever gotten any surgery um, i don't think so i think they're they've always been real yeah but like god damn it cassandra peterson is turning 70 soon she's just she, turned 68 like last week yeah yeah she is still very much um ageless in like a frightening way where like she might be like a Irish nymph that will never age. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that way. I feel like um, she has found her book of spells in this movie and they were real and yeah. she used them and she has not aged in the last uh, 
31 years. Right. And and the other thing, um, I was watching this with Arthur, because um, this is one of his favorite spooky movies as well. Um, the, the close-up shots of Elvira in the movie, um, like, it's really interesting to see her makeup super close-up, because, like, all it really is is a full-on angular... Um, uh, black eyeliner. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever seen just lining the eye in black with points at the end be so effective and almost completely changing a person's face. Like, I'm sure that when she gets up in the gig, she's also contouring and doing other things. But, like, you really can't see Cassandra Peterson in Elvira. Like, Elvira is this, like, Baba Zunga yabos everywhere uh spooky sexy lady and right. not, not that cassandra isn't uh, a sexy she, woman i think um, she's way more toned down yeah she's like super duper toned down um so yeah um she's obviously a gay icon not just because rupaul says so but because any small queer person was like, she's different, but she is confident in her differentness. And I'm going to attach to that because that's how I feel. Um, and she really does let her freak flag fly in a way that's empowering. So I understand why she's still around. And um, I mean, for probably like the, the bro stuffs out there, they also like her gazongas and whatever. But um she is more than just a set of boobs and really great legs, you know? Um, I don't feel like we need to get into the origin of Elvira because that can sometimes be a uh, polarizing subject for certain individuals in the horror community. So I just want to steer clear of that because during Homoween season, I don't have any time for extra bullshit. All I want is Reese's pumpkins and no candy corn, please. You know, I'm fine. I'm fine with candy corn, but like I have to eat, I, uh, eat candy corn in a very specific way. Do and you eat it by color? Yes, I do. See, I don't hate candy corn, but just as like me eating handfuls of chocolate chips from this costco size bag of nestle morsels that i have been doing in the past couple of hours because i'm gross um candy corn like these chocolate chips dries my mouth out in like a weird sugary way and then after a while it literally just feels like i'm eating sugar and nothing else um and then it becomes super unenjoyable and i don't want to do it that's fair um and, like, some people complain about, ew, it's waxy. Well, that just means you're not getting a good brand. Like, I'll, I, give, I'll give it that. I just don't like it. Do you... Yeah. Am I, like, hallucinating that there was, like, an Elvira cartoon? Or am I getting that mixed up with... Uh, um, maybe maybe she was, like, a cartoon on, like, a Scooby-Doo episode? I mean, I wouldn't... I wouldn't say no to that. It might have happened. But there was a comic book based on the movie in 1988 like around the same time of the right. movie maybe I, maybe it was just like one of those weird childhood memories that like didn't actually happen i mean who knows because elvira ended up everywhere um 
all the time. She became very lucrative for Cassandra. Right. She um, was a she was she was and probably is her only cash cow at this point, other than doing uh, mm-hmm. conventions and stuff. Yeah, and and she Cassandra still owns and drives the Macabre Mobile, um, which is pretty freaking cool. And um, Arthur was googling this while we were watching it because he can never just enjoy something. His brain has to be doing ten things at the same time. Um, that's not a negative thing. It's just the way he works. Uh, there was like a reality series where they found the next Elvira. What? And it only lasted for four episodes and like there was a winner and I guess like the goal of it was to find the next person to be Elvira because like maybe Cassandra was considering retiring or something. Um, I have literally no details but like maybe that's what happened. But then like this girl won and like She's a good Elvira impersonator, but she's not Elvira because Cassandra is still very much bringing in the bucks from being Elvira. So, I don't know. It was on Fox. So, like, you know, take that with whatever grain of salt that you will. Um, Bizarre. I never knew that. How bizarre. Yeah. How bizarre. So, Elvira, she's working for this TV station. They get a new owner, and he is disgusting he's barely human mm-hmm. um he's like like i wouldn't even say flirting i would say verbally sexually assaulting elvira and oh. her manager isn't much better because how else would he have gotten the impression that elvira was able to um provide him with sexual favors uh to keep her show alive question mark yeah um Yeah, so basically, getting back to the actual movie here. So, um, as you said, the movie opens. You know, she's doing her hosting gig on the television network, hosting bad horror movies, um, doing the classic Elvira thing. And then, yeah, like, there's not really an explanation as to why, but her show's getting canceled. And um, I love when, so, like, ten minutes in this gross dude comes around and like already she's sticking up for herself as a strong, powerful woman. Cause what does she do? She's like, no, I will not compromise and I will not be harassed by you. You gross fucking probably Texan man. Um, he definitely was a Texan. And, uh, she like interrupts a live news broadcast, but like who cares? Because he was like fondling her in ways that she did not consent to and she has a line about, um, you know, if he ever tries that again, she's going to, like, granny not his dick or something. Um, and I was like, yeah, you go, girl. So that's, like, strong, powerful woman um, moment number one. But so, like, now she's basically kind of screwed because she was really depending upon this Vegas show opening, but now she needs to give the uh, Flamingo Hotel and Casino $50,000 for them to put on the show, and she don't have that money. And then, as in any campy movie, a super-duper convenient thing happens. She gets a letter uh, saying that 
She needs to go to Falwell, Massachusetts to uh, be present for the reading of the last will and testament of her aunt. And her aunt's name is what? Is Morgana her mom or her aunt? No, it's her aunt. Morgana is her aunt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of like Anna names like, you know. Yes. Uh, Any hoozy. So she's like, oh my God, last will and testament. Cha-ching, I'm going to get money. I can do my show still. I, I, I am off. I will go. And she does. And she hops in her um, converted 1958 T-Bird, which she calls the Macabre Mobile. And it's like basically any spooky homosexual's dream car, I would say. Um Safe to say yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would have gone for the cheetah print interior. I think I might have gone for something a little bit more uh, overtly spooky, such as like, uh, I'm just, my, my parents had this Halloween tablecloth that glowed in the dark and it was like, a dark blue and then there was like little motifs like little scenes on it like ghosts in a graveyard a pumpkin with a cat um which is around a cauldron like something along those lines like almost granny fabric but it's specifically halloween um maybe that's what i would have lined the interior with but otherwise i love all like the skull stuff going on um the rest of it is perfect I enjoy enjoy her one-woman road trip cross-country. And then she just starts this one-woman road trip. She's, like, living her best life. Um, She, (laughs) I'm not going to lie, she's driving a little bit haphazardly, and it did stress me out a little bit, Um, especially when she's having her, like, like, you know, whatever... um, bar hot meal you know or whatever where she has her hot dog and her fries and her little mm-hmm. soda and she just starts swerving everywhere and she's like like I get it like you made a mess with <laughs> a gross sexually uh, charged mess all over your chesticles um, but I was like oh girl watch the road um, but that's that, just me that gas station hot dog looked not good mm. yeah um, probably not and my husband, who didn't want to uh, involve himself in this episode because he's too tired today, but made it very clear that he wanted me to um, say his name at least once, which I've done twice now. So um, you're welcome, Arthur. Uh, he really wanted to make sure that I mentioned that um, when she stops for the gas, when the guy that's sitting there and being no help at all, who's smoking a cigarette, and she says... Um, you know, those things will kill you, and then it blows up and he dies. Um, my husband really wanted to make sure that uh, the listeners knew that the person who was playing the attendant is from Pee Wee's Playhouse. His name is John Paragon, and um, he plays the, like, you know, like the wizard in a box? Jombie. Jombie. Yeah, that one. I haven't watched any Pee-wee anything in so long that I don't remember much about it, but um, like, obviously Elvira was in the Pee-wee movie. 
Yeah, I know that Linus. <laughs> Linus, Jesus. Um, used to watch Pee Wee's Playhouse on the weekends when we were kids. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a show that I particularly was allowed to watch because I think my mom thought it was from the devil. Oh, weird. Like weird, and, weird for Camille to think that way. But all right. Really? Oh yes. Yeah. She said sarcastically. Um, and yet, when we were teenagers, she let us sit in the basement for hours with all the lights off, playing zombie games and eating pizza. That's fine. Whatever. That's why I'm confused. <laughs> I am confusia. I am. I am a myriad of questions in regards to Camille's mm-hmm. um, moral compass and Pee Wee play and Pee Wee's Playhouse, well, but. It could be because he was a pervert and not because he was of the devil. Potentially. She definitely watched a lot of Oprah, which means she watched the news before and after. And Lord knows there must have been some type of propaganda around the time of his scandal. So that might be it. But also, like, my mom wanted to be a helicopter parent, but also be a cool mom at the same time. And... Hmm. That's like a balance that's really hard to strike. So I um, didn't know that was a thing that could be achieved, but Camille did it. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Uh huh. Um, maybe I'm a cool mom. <laughs> I'm I'm not like other moms. I'm a cool mom. Um, I'm gonna say for the record that Camille never bought us pizza. Just saying. No, we had to buy it ourselves. I know. <laughs> she Jesus. didn't do us any favors. She was like, "You can sit in my basement. That's fine. I don't care." Just don't, like, make your little sister have nightmares. And uh, meanwhile, Jamie's like, yeah, get those zombies, bitch. But also, um, can I have pizza, too? And we're like, it's $17, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also, like, you know, Jamie and I used to also play, like, Gears of War together all the time. So, mm-hmm. like, I think she's fine. I don't think that video games create mass murderers. I think that mass murderers create mass murderers. I agree. Um, I agree. Anyway. Uh, so she's she's going to Fallwell? Fallwell, Mass? Fallwell, Massachusetts. So and... she picks up that gross hitchhiker. Who looks oh. like, he looks like the Geico guy. Geico mm-hmm. caveman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then so he's like, clearly this woman is going to let me have it. Um, and also I'll probably axe murder her at the you same time. You forgot your hatchet. Yeah. And, and that's like, for me, powerful woman move number two. Also, like, spooky bitch move number one, because, like, she is not getting axe-murdered, bitch, because she's fucking Elvira. So get the fuck out of my car and take your axe with you. And then she has her little, like, sausage boob moment. Um, And then, like, it happens, and there's, like, clearly, like, splashing of mustard and the like all over the chest. And then, like, a split second later, there's nothing there. So either she cleaned up real quick because she's a witchy bitch, or it was just maybe not the greatest editing in the world. But she um, doesn't know she's a witchy bitch. Not yet. Mm-mm. Um, but, you know, like, also, like, there's a couple moments in this movie where, like, if you really wanted to technically be, like, blech, you could be, like, oh, yeah, this was not well edited or whatever. But, like, the point of this movie is not to be, like, Oscar bait. The point of this movie is to be enjoyable and different and, um, you know, not mainstream and completely self-aware and campy as fuck. So, like... And this did get up. a box office release, right? It did get a box office release. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway. So, she 
deals with her hot dog and then she pulls into town and it's this like perfect picturesque like new england town where everyone is white and um the children are you know playing in the park and all of the moms and older women are like you know meeting at the salon to get their hairdos and ba 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 um and she pulls into town and she's blasting her music and she's beeping her horn so people get out of the fucking way um so you know she's making her grand hot mess of an entrance um, without even realizing it like she's i know you don't like elvira well yeah and this is like this is uh, honestly i i I, and you know it probably was potentially intentional um but like one of the ways to know that you're living your life most authentically is to just live it and attention comes to you you don't seek it you know what i mean And, like, she was not looking for anyone to, like, welcome her into town. Like, she was just living her best life. She was Um, intentionally making an entrance without actually um, trying to draw attention to herself. Yeah. And I don't think she knew the uh, bee's nest she was going to be stepping into by even arriving. But also, the lady that plays, like, the nosy neighbor that always tries to get her in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoy her because, um, isn't she like the voice of Bobby's mom in Bobby's world? She's like the quintessential Midwestern mom. Oh, you, um, oh. The redhead. Yeah, the red, oh my god. She has like the best name in the whole world. It should be a drag queen's name. It's, um, uh, oh fuck, shit, fuck. Why is she not listed in the fucking cast on IMDb? Like, she's the main pretend. Like, yeah, what the fuck? I'm going to try. Oh, Chastity Pariah. Chastity (laughs) Pariah. Chastity Pariah. Um, I feel like she was in something else too. Yeah, no, she's she she always plays like the sugary sweet person who wants everything in a certain way, but then like behind closed doors she snaps. Right. Right. Um, I feel like your dogs have a lot of mixed feelings on this movie. You know what I mean? I have feelings about the state of my house currently because there are like boxes everywhere and no place for them to go. Well, so they're like, we're just doing like jungle gym stuff and we're going to go around and through them and under them and on top of each other. And, you know, it's been a Sunday. I mean, um, I get it, but like they got to deal with it. Like life changes are happening. You're moving life changes soon. Are, ugh. Yes, life changes are happening, and it's the main source of my depression. Girl, I um, get it. Like I honestly, wish, it's I wish like, there was a musical about my depression. It would be called Depression the Musical. The, um, I would buy tickets. I would buy tickets to the cold open and previews, and then I would also go back when it was <laughs> officially open. All the funds are going to me moving. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, thank so, you. Thank you. So. <clears throat> Chastity Pariah. I always want to call her like Mrs. Poole because I think that was a character she played. Um, thing. Yeah, probably. Uh, just like any anyone who is a tight ass biatch who <laughs> wants to be everybody's friend and be super self important and insert herself into everyone's business because she doesn't enjoy her own life. She's that lady. Um. So yeah, so Chastity Pariah immediately is like, who are you? You are different. You are ruining my equilibrium right now. Get out of here. 
And another thing to note here is that, you know, you're living your life right when people see you living your life to your fullest, honest self and they're jealous of it. So they act negatively and therefore you have haters. When you have haters, you're doing something right. Always something to note. So go fuck yourself, chastity pariah. Um, actually, you should probably go do that because you clearly need a release. Beach. Um, she, she was a character named Mrs. Poole. Jesus. Oh, no. That was, that's Edie McClurg, which is they often get them confused. Edie McClurg is the uh, Bobby's World mom. Okay, so you were right. I was right, but it wasn't the same person. I don't know what happened. But anyway, okay. I was close. Okay. So, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, she pulls into town. She's like, grasp my pearls. Oh, my God. Um, of course, all the teenagers are like, hoo, 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 hoo. boobies, boobies, and butt. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Um, <laughs> uh, me. <laughs> and uh, see, I look at Elvira and I'm like, look at this queen. Like, look at this goddess. Um, let me worship her. Like, Arthur was like, you'd make out with Elvira. And I was like, no, I wouldn't. Like, I don't care how like high on a pedestal the person that I'm discussing is on I just can't bring myself to be physically attracted to a woman that's how gay I am and that's, that's just, fine whatever um, um but I I was correct that is the same person Chastity Pariah is her character in this movie yes mm-hmm. yeah see I thought it was her actual actress name and then I was like oh wait but uh, she is Edie McClurg so we yeah. are on the same page turn the page wash your hands Yes. Okay. So we got that straight now. A lot um, of voiceover work because she's just funny looking. I don't yeah. know. Well, she's 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 also got that voice. Um, yes, a voice for TV. Mm-hmm. So um, she. Well, no. Um, so she's Avira. Is the she I'm thinking of right now? She is still going through town square, and then the she- lid of her. Macabre mobile just explodes off of the car and she's like, shit, fuck, what the hell just happened? Um, and all of the, you know, teenage boys are like, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, monkey, let me go help women with big bosom. Um, which in her case ended up working in her favor, but she knew what was going on. And that's the other thing. She understands her sexual energy and she owns her sexual energy. And those are two very powerful things that will radiate off of a powerful woman and completely scare the fuck out of someone like Chastity Pariah. So go buy a dildo, bitch. That's all I'm saying. But did not scare the pants off of Bob. It did not scare... I mean, he, like, for the first three quarters of the movie is just extremely intrigued and fat and infatuated by elvira um and like from minute one elvira's like put it in me um but and he's finally- like i just like movies i yeah, don't know so- what to do with you finally he comes around and or he's a confused homosexual it's one of those two um yes. so yeah so the teenagers help her push her car over to the car place um better known as the auto shop uh i think that's what the car place or that's what those are called right Mm -hmm. i don't know um the vroom vroom makes a go-go i don't know um so get out my car um anyway so um 
that was the vine by the way people you should go watch vine compilations on youtube if you don't understand things that we say because it's probably a vine um so she's like shit fuck i gotta find somewhere to stay and she goes to this um little motel hotel holiday inn situation Mm -hmm. and um this is where we meet one of the more major minor female characters uh in the form of what's her name um patty i think i don't know she's the girl she put on a little she like put on a little bit of blush and her grandma who's raising her is like get Mm -hmm. this shit off your face bitch um grandpa she's fearless She's, yeah, she's fearless, you know, Jesus. But so, you know, this is one of those little towns where everything is so insulated that, like, anything coming in is a uh, potential for complete catastrophic meltdown of the system. So no makeup because that leads to sex. And no big voluptuous woman coming into town because that also leads to sex. Um, we I mean, can't, maybe. I, I mean, Yeah. Probably for Bob for Bob. Um, And, you know, we can't we can't have lipstick on teenage girls because that leads to having sexual education in school, which would actually probably reduce any potentials for for uh, teenage pregnancy. But that's a whole nother podcast if you want to go into the politics of sexual education in high schools. But whatever. Um, Chastity Pariah, very she fitting name been, for her. Yeah, she'd be like spearheading the uh, absence-only education. Yeah, like promise rings and shit. And you know how promise rings end up? Uh, not good. Not ask good. The Jon- ask the Jonas Brothers, you know? Oh, wait, you can't. You can't, because I don't think that worked out for them. Um, we don't know who, why did Kevin marry that woman? Because they were in love or because he knocked her up? Probably both, but I'm just saying, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I digress. I digress. Um, moving away from the Jonas Brothers. Um, so she She goes, yeah, she goes to that, uh, thingy, the will reading. She goes to the will reading and this is where we meet her uncle Vinny, um who like from the get-go you can tell is a evil person in disguise as a uh philanthropist um he's that dude and he's also like really really jazzed about potentially getting this recipe book from his sister um and when the sister is like yo vinny fuck you and your life i'm giving everything to elvira He's really pissed. Um, but at the same time, because Elvira does not know the blessings that her aunt has brought upon her, she's also pissed because she was hoping for a lump sum uh, to go fund her show in Vegas, and that did not happen. So now, you know, we kind of get into the fun, like, home remodeling montage um, where... She uh, basically uses her female wilds to get a whole bunch of teenagers to help her clean and redo the outside of her house. Good for her. You know, like, whatever. Um, I love the pants that she's wearing. Like, they could have just been, you know, yoga pants, whatever. But no, no, no. In classical Elvira fashion, everything is amped up to 11. So... 
they might be a comfortable fabric, but she has to have cutouts all the way up both sides of the legs. Um, and then her house is like multicolored and gorgeous. And I don't know about you, but I would certainly live there. I would. It's very quaint. It's very um, yeah. New Englandian fall. It's very Halloween town, but authentic. Yes. And I mean, like, I don't think I would sign any contracts or move in until there was some remodeling done uh, by the previous homeowners. Um, but I would still certainly live there, you know. Um, so she goes into town she is like, hey, what are the happening places here? Actually, I think the home makeover montage happens after she goes to hang out at the bowling alley the first night she is there. So rewind to the bowling alley. The bowling alley is named after the owner who's this fucking like bitch ass bitch. Actually, maybe that's Patty. I'm really confused by the names in this movie. Um I think that is Patty. I think Patty is... Yeah, Patty's the one that owns the bowling alley. So I don't know what that teenage girl's name is that put the blush on and angered her grandmother right off the top of my head. But It's probably Patty... like Cindy Lou Who or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, it's something wholesome like that. So Patty's the woman that owns this restaurant slash bowling alley. Um... And she dresses like an original 1950s Barbie, but like not in a good way, because you know how like the original 1950s Barbie had her hair up in the ponytail like Patty and the pointy boobs with the really like gross polyester crinkly top and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then they they painted on like the permanent bitch face on the Barbie as well. Um, Patty has that permanent bitch face and it's not a good look. She's also a woman that feels like she immediately has to compete with um, Elvira because Elvira comes in with all of her energy, you know, being a strong ass woman. And she feels threatened that there's like, you know, a new girl in town because she's apparently the OG town slut. Um, And we come to find out that her little pointy boobs that she is like so proud of are actually just, you know, Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, So way to define yourself on an attribute that you don't even have naturally, Patty. Um, But, you know, she starts being a catty bitch and she's like, uh, trash doesn't compete with class. Um, And uh, Elvira's like, uh, you know, go fuck yourself. And then Patty's like, you know, um, hey, why are you coming up in here? And causing a buzz in my bar. And, you know, honestly, she was just defending herself because these two sleaze bags come over. One of them being the man who played Kaneki in the Grease movie, which doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like all like, yo, bitch, you looking like a chicken wing and I want to get all that meat. And um, she's like, ha, no, um, I have standards. And they're like, well, you don't look like you have standards. And she's like, well, then maybe you should look again. And um, she pours their beers in their laps. And I'm like, bitch, work, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, nope, I don't like that. So I'm going to physically assault you because I'm a man and I feel like I have more power than you because I'm a man. And she's like, no, no. And this is the first time that we see Bob swoop in and being her knight in shining armor. Um, and uh, she also has a good one-liner in there where she, where he's like, you want to see... One, one of the dudes is like, you want to see my dick? And she's like, nah, I don't got my magnifying glass on me. And I was like, uh-uh, bitch work. Um, and so, yeah, so then Patty comes over after this confrontation. She's like, you making all this hullabaloo in my bar? And it's like, not really, because all she did was put some beer on the ground unless it all got absorbed by those guys' pants. And they were, like, physically assaulting her in a sexually charged manner that's not appropriate. So you can go fuck yourself, Patty. And she's like, seems to me that um, it's all this little cheap tart's fault. And Elvira's like, cheap? Who you calling cheap? Um, What's that perfume you wearing? Catch of the day? And it's like, Patty's like, oh, shit. She got (laughs) words. Um, She got me. mm Mm-hmm. And then Patty's like, I'm going to say something back because you've cut me down. Um, but also she's like, I'm going to prove that I'm a, uh, a bad bitch as well. Um, and she's like, go back to the sewer that you crawled out of. And it's like, oh, wicked burn. I bet she hasn't heard that one before. She's fucking Elvira. So anyway, now she's like, Bob, your name's Bob and you cute as hell. And I will admit, Bob is cute as hell. Um, he's not bad. He's definitely like conventional looking, but they have like things in common. Yeah, you know, he's like the Charmin man. He fills out his jeans very nice, and he wears a flannel top, and right. Um, and he just owns this, you know, artsy um film house in town where they can't play anything but G-rated movies, which. Like, honestly, we're, like, watching this movie, and I'm like, is this basically just Footloose, but Elvira is Kevin Bacon, and it's spooky? Read my mind. I think so. Yeah, right? Like, that must be... That must be it. Um, Also, of course, we're on the same wavelength. Hashtag... um, Kismet? I don't know. Kismet? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Um, Sisters from other misters? I don't know. Um, Wifey status whatever yeah i don't think we want to share the misters that we came from let alone be from the misters we came girl. from girl 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 so I, elvira I gets her cookbook mm-hmm. and she's cooking up a storm she got that weird dog too yeah so she so she finally gets to her house um yeah, so I think I jumped far ahead just because I like the cleaning house montage a lot more than her getting to the house first time around. But mm-hmm. she goes to the house. Uh, the guy is showing her around. He gives her the book. Uh, she's like, cool, I got a cookbook. That's cool, I guess. Um, and this house is just like super duper. I mean, like, it's not bad. It's just dusty. Like, everything's covered in sheets at least. Like, you don't have to dust the furniture. You just have to neatly roll up all of the tarps. Like that's nice of your aunt to have done. Um, and then she also uh, inherits her um, aunt's dog. And um, she ends up naming the dog, what? Gonk? Gonk. It had a name, but she changed mm-hmm. it to Gonk. It was like, like, like Abwagonkle or something like that. Yeah. Aberford. Who knows? Um, Abercrombie and Fitch. Um, yeah. 
one That's of those. What I would name that dog. So it's like this little poodle dude, and she's like, "This will not do." So she like shaves him and gives him like a whole punk rock makeover, dyes some of his hair. Um, he looking like, you know, the uh, sp- sponsor dog for Kiss or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but you know, just again, like she's being her genuine punk ass bitch self, and um, at first she doesn't like Gonk. But then, of course, as any dog will do, he just kind of snuggled a little hole into her heart. And um, and then they became best friends. And, of course, we also find out later in the movie that Gonk is her... Um, what's familiar. That? Familiar. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that Gonk would have turned into more animals throughout the movie. Um, yeah, I think they just didn't have the budget for it. But that would have been cool. That would have been cool, but I definitely understand it's 1988 and, you know, yeah. So uh, we have Elvira kind of semi-settling into her new home. She doesn't have to spend one more night at that little hotel motel Holiday Inn. And um, she is getting undressed. And this is what happens. So she's getting undressed. She's like slipping into something more comfortable for sleeping and the horny teenage boys are like yo let's use our polaroid camera to get a shot of her boobs and like come on really you're gonna it's raining that's a lot of climbing to get like a grainy polaroid in 1988 like it's not worth it not worth it one of your fathers definitely has a playboy like go jack off to that um and then she's like, oh, you think I'm sexy? Well, you can come help me with my house. And then they come and help her with the house. And it gets all pretty and, like, all multicolored. Um, and then Uncle Vinny is like, hey, yo. Um, so how about that uh, recipe book? Like, it's not a big deal. I, I kind of want it. Uh, is it okay? Can I have it? And she's like, bitch, I don't need it. Uh, sure, you can have it for $50 just like come over and then Vinny's like on his way and Gonk's like fuck this shit I'm gonna go hide it and he hides it in the couch and like not that well but nobody finds it for like the next half of the movie um so Vinny doesn't get it he's super upset we find out that Kaniki and the other dude end up being his henchmen and surprise surprise he is a philanthropist in disguise that is actually like super evil. And we kind of surmise this through him behind closed doors. But also, Elvira has this like dream at night where her aunt is calling to her into the secret space in the house. Um, and we have found out that her aunt was a powerful good witch. And um, we, so was her mom. Yeah. Um, so basically, they're the good witches, and then like the the brother is like the bad witch. So like, is you a good witch or is you a bad witch? And Vinny was like, I'm a bad witch, mostly because I have the name of an Italian gangster, so I'm bad. And um, then the female lineage is like, Nah, we good. Um, and we come to find out that. Her aunt basically took Elvira away 
to go live in foster care for her safety because Vinny would have been after her for her power because um, the aunt also gave her that ring that was like the source of her power and we see like little baby Elvira in in the basket but like in full geesh which is kind of <laughs> cute I'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so like she's learning all of these things about her life um she's processing them as we go along but she's also just like still sticking to her bad bitchness and being like this is not going to throw me into a deep depression. I'm going to still figure out what the fuck is going on. I got to get the grind on. I need some fucking money to get my Vegas show going. So she's like, all right, I guess I'm stuck here for a bit. My car's not done yet. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to find a job. Now, she goes all over town. There's this working woman montage. She has her newspaper she's circling things she's crossing things out she's literally going into every store in town that has a help wanted sign and they're just all rejecting her and we come to find out because fucking basically chastity pariah has her fucking little sticky grubby hands in everyone's pot and she is telling everyone not to hire her because she's like a spooky slut and um that's not nice, Chastity. Like, I who wish are that you? Was like, I wish that was like a, a deciding factor as to why you should hire somebody. Spooky slut, sign me up. I good mean, for her. Let's be honest. Most spooky sluts are not that slutty, but really good people. So you should hire a spooky slut. Unless there's other red flags. Because if there's other red flags, sure, don't let them in. But otherwise, whatever. So Elvira's like super... Girl, I'm angry, blah. And she's walking down the street and she almost walks under this ladder. But she's not going to do that because, again, she's a spooky bitch and she don't need bad luck. Um, and she comes to find out that the person at the top of this ladder is Bob. And he is changing the marquee on his, um, you know, movie theater. Yeah. And um, they're talking about movies and um what'd you hear outside yeah what'd you hear outside doggies i think it was a squirrel oh no a squirrel doing him a frighten so chastity oh, price yeah. just a big old bitch that's keeping elvira down Basically. but elvira will prevail mm-hmm. so because she makes that uh what was it pie some sort of dessert oh my god so yeah so so yeah but just so to back up for one hot second, because one of the best lines that RuPaul uses all the time happens when they're standing outside the marquee and he drops one of the letters on her head, which honestly, her hair is so much of a helmet. I don't think she even would have felt this, but mm-hmm. she's like, ow. Um, he's like, oh my God, how's your head? And she's like, I haven't gotten any complaints recently, but um bum cha. And if anyone watches RuPaul's Drag Race, you will know that uh, How's Your Head, I Haven't Gotten Any Complaints Recently, is like an ongoing theme um, in the seasons. So, um, Especially when he has an opulent wig. Oh, yes. But also, like, uh, there was that whole aggravating subplot of season seven with Miss Fame, who just was not picking up what was being put down. Um, but anyway, so 
that's there's just that. Like, that's like the running theme with Miss Fame, though. Just not a whole lot of uh, attention to detail. I mean, you Conversationally. know. Conversationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, talent outside of being pretty is important, but um, being pretty alone will get you some modeling gigs until you're no longer pretty. And in the words of Bianca Del Rio, mm, pretty fades, but dumb as forever. And so, then you're just pretty alone. Yep. So there's that. And so as you were saying, um, she has Bob over cause they're talking about business opportunities. And um, so she does her one woman show thing at the movie theater and she screens what I believe is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, the original one. Um, and she's doing her hostess with the mostest gigs and, you know, cracking those jokes and sitting on her iconic couch and blah, blah, blah. And then there was this plan for this whole finale moment where she's doing like basically um, a flash dance kind of moment thing. And she's doing her thing. She's she's being a maniac. And then the plan was for Gold's glitter to just rain from the heavens onto her beautiful bosoms. But what happens instead is Patty, who's a fucking Barbie cunt, comes all up in there. Ooh, that's a harsh word. I apologize for using that word. Um, she's a Barbie bitch. There we go. So, so she comes in. She's uh, like, I'm going to literally tar and feather this lady because this is how far um, back in history we live here in this little Massachusetts town. Um and it's not, like, hot tar. It's probably just some, like, goopy goop, like, gross shit. But then she also throws feathers on her. Um, so your message is clear, you fucking bitch. Um, and Elvira goes home, and Bob is there, and the makeup girl is there with the, um, probably at this point, boyfriend. But, like, you know, makeup girl was like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to a midnight showing. Elvira is hosting. I'm going to get up in my whole, like, late 80s, um, frizzy, curly hair, like, one-sided ponytail do. And I'm going to get my life. And she does. And she picks up a boyfriend. So, like, go her. Um, But they're, like, sitting on her couch. And I was concerned that they were all consuming beer. And I was like, these are teenagers. And it's, like, cool for you to, like, fraternize with them, but don't give them beer. But then I realized they were drinking soda. Bob was drinking beer. So we're fine. Um, But Elvira takes a bath in gasoline to get Mm. all this crap off of her. Spicy. Spicy. And then Bob's like, ooh, what's that smell? It smells good. And she's like, unleaded, don't smoke. Um... But like, I don't know. Do you, would you, I don't know. Cause if it was like actually tar, then like maybe gasoline bath. But like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if she was just being like a punk ass bitch or like gasoline is actually the best way to get tar off of you. Who knows? Um, I do not have answers to that. I, yeah. I, I has no answers either. So um, makeup girl is sitting there and Elvira comes over to sit on the couch next to Bob and, and, um, you know, Elvira's putting some vibes down and makeup girl is picking them up. Uh, potential boyfriend is not, but basically she like, you know what? We should go home and leave Elvira and Bob to their own devices in her humble abode. Um, so they do. And Elvira's like, 
here's your chance, Bob. Mac up all on me. And he's like, nah, why don't we watch TV until, you know, the um, American flag uh, plays on the television and we could just sit here awkwardly. And she's like, you know what? I'm hungry. And he's like, well, there's this 24-hour rest stop. And then she's like, you know what? I inherited this recipe book. Why don't I make you something? Go set the table. Um, so she goes in the kitchen and she's like reading the thing and she's making this recipe that she thinks is casserole, but clearly is not because it's some type of spell. And I guess what it was like some summoning or creation spell for like a weird slug raptor hybrid moment creature. Yeah, it reminded me of like the toilet turd monster in weird science. Yeah, it was, like, very much reptilian, but then it had, like, a slug tail, um, but it was also very, like, specifically prehistoric dinosaur-looking, kind of. But like, it was not a casserole. And it was not, yeah, so she was trying to make a casserole, and it was definitely not a casserole. And, like, I don't know about Bob, but after that, I would have been like, what the fuck is this bitch doing? I don't know. This is weird. But so he's, like, still intrigued, and Elvira's like, that was different than what I had expected to have happened um but then she's like whoa I think I realize what this is um and then uh Gonk comes in and is like bitch before you do anything else I really gotta get your like attention for a couple minutes you gotta come with me and then he takes Elvira and Bob to this mysterious extra door in the house and Elvira's like whoa I saw this in my dream deja vu and um Gonk is like open this chest that I'm standing on you need to open it and then so then she opens it and all of her aunt's witchy stuff is in there and there's this letter to her explaining her whole life story and she's like holy fuck i always knew i was different but i didn't know i was actually a witch and she's like i'm a fucking witch i'm fucking cool as hell um and we find out that this you know a rock of some kind um it looks like potentially a ruby but maybe not but she has it in her ring and that's like the source of her power and um she will learn later how to harness it and use it. And so she's like, hmm, well, now that I know that I could, like, create creatures in my stew pot, I'ma do a funny on the town folks, especially that chastity pariah and the other bitch, Patty, who's, like, a fucking bitch and shit. Um, and so she's... a lot of animosity towards Patty. Uh, you know, I always find a character that I don't like, and it was it was not so much Chastity Pariah, and and it was Patty because, like, Patty knew what she was doing in a very deliberate way, and like Chastity Pariah just didn't want her like little perfect life that she had created to like crumble around her, so like she was more desperate. Patty was just being like an actual bitch, so that's mm-hmm. probably why. But anyway, could be, could be. Yeah. So there's this like. What, what, whatever, um, like t- meeting of the club that Chastity Pariah holds, like the the decency club or whatever. Um, they're having like a town picnic, and it's and it's a potluck, and Elvira sneaks in her like little dish, which she thinks is going to be another like 
uh, popping out of the casserole monster situation. But it ends up being a culinary confection that everybody thinks is like fucking delicious as all hell. Um, And then we come to find out that she like basically made some type of like semi-love stew kind of. And one of the ingredients is hamburger helper. Um, And it just made the entire round, the entire uh, town like super randy. And um, it gets a little bit like. uh, It's quite explicit. I mean, yeah, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For Falwell, Massachusetts. Yeah. It's super, quite explicit. super explicit. Like people are taking their shirts off. We're seeing bras. We're seeing panties. Um, there's just a lot of kissing and like chastity pariahs. Like, is this face taken? Which I think is like a ridiculously wonderful line. Um, and uh, so basically, like, there's, there's the hint of there being like a giant town orgy, but like not really so that's cool and in the midst of all this because bob and elvira are like spying on it bob gets noticed and patty's like yo let me show you what a real woman do and is like all up on him and and he's like elvira save me um and she's like what the fuck did i do like this is not what I had expected to have happen and then Vinny shows up and he's like oh i see you realize what kind of book it is that you have and um he's like would you still sell it to me and she's like nah bitch i'm not that stupid anymore and he's like i will give you 50 dollars." and she's like no and then he's like 500 and she's like still no i don't think so um but also you're 300 years old so you should definitely have more money than that right and you know that she specifically wants a sum of fifty thousand dollars so like at least offer that Right? That's what I'm saying. Like, in your 300 years of existing, you would have at least amassed quite a larger sum. Yeah, he got some money in the bank, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So, he basically says in so many words, okay, I got your card, bitch. You You will see me later. And she is all like, fine, goodbye. I'll deal with you when I have to. Um, don't come for me unless I call for you. And... Then there's this little tussle between Patty and Elvira. And then that's how we find out that she has some chicken cutlets in a push-up bra. And those Barbie tits ain't real. Uh, so Patty is basically shamed and gets a real quick lesson in being humble and sticking to oneself. And so the uncle Vinny is now all like, we're going to play hardball. Okay, I can do that. And so he goes to this town hall meeting that's happening the next day where they're basically discussing how everybody's behavior at the potluck was really unbecoming. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of questionable um, activity going on. So Uncle Vinny was like, I have an idea put her in jail yeah and they're, and they're like wtf you can't just do that and he's like oh 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 yes we can because yeah. i'm old as fuck and i probably also wrote the town charter 300 years ago right. and also in I preparation ha- for this moment correct because he probably saw the future and said to himself this will be useful and also he says 
I have a theory for you. Don't blame any of your actions on yourself. This was all Elvira's fault because she's a witch and she made you do it. Not all that repressed uh, sexual tension and Christianity. Exactly. But of course they eat that shit up like fucking chocolate cake. Uh, So cake they weren't allowed to have yeah like that kid in matilda mm-hmm. um Bruce mm-hmm. so they say super let's do that let's put her in jail so they put her in jail and i can't blame elvira for this she's being a super duper noisy inmate uh because she is basically being in prison for no good reason and um you know, that cop can be as annoyed at her as he wants, but bitch, like, you put her there, so deal with your life. And the teenagers know she didn't do anything wrong, so they're trying to help, but unfortunately, they misjudge and cut a hole in the ceiling of the cell next to hers, and when they jump down, they have no way of getting back out of the building, so they effectively put themselves in jail. Um this real is all yeah real real super smart you know but they when else have they wanted like when else have they been uh orchestrating a jailbreak before never not in this little new england town so they were doing the best they could and this is the first time we see gonk turn into a different creature he turns into a mouse he gets out of the jail he goes back to the house he is trying to get there before Vinny gets there to get the book but Conveniently for Vinny, Elvira sends Bob there to get the book. And while he is there getting the book, he's apprehended by Kanicki and the other henchmen for Vinny and gets knocked out and they get the book. So Bob is there and then Gonk is like, oh, fuck this bullshit. And he wakes Bob up by turning into a Rottweiler. Um, And... So now they're like, we got to get back to the middle of town because like this uh, burning of the witch is coming. And this is just like super duper mob mentality bullshit. You know, it's like 1980 something. Are you really going to be burning somebody at the stake because they're a witch? Like, no, this is ridiculous. And of course, it's a part of a super duper campy movie. So you just go along with it. But in today's political climate, it does scare me a little bit. Like, could this possibly happen? You know? So just, I mean, I mean, theoretically it's already happening, but in practicum, I would say no. I really hope. Yeah. I I really hope we wouldn't physically create a pile of shit and then a giant burn, burn them at the stake pole and tie somebody to it and set it on fire. Uh, I really hope that wouldn't happen. Um, but so nothing happens in time. So unfortunately, Elvira gets put on the stake and they about to blow the shit up. And then Patty's like, no, wait a second. Let me do it. And at first, Elvira's like, oh, my God, Patty, you turned a new leaf. I knew I would get through to you eventually. But as it turns out, that's not what happened. And she's like, if you really want to get this fire started properly, you got to do it in multiple locations in the pile of weeds. So basically, Patty is the bitch that puts Elvira on fire. And therefore, I will stick to calling her a bitch because she well and good knew that she was literally burning somebody to death. 
And that's fucked up. So, Based on conjecture that she was a witch. Not factual statement. Yeah. Conjecture. And let's be honest. Was the Salem witch trials not just conjecture as well? Like, mm, uh, hi, hello. Um, so Bob and Gonk get back there. And Gonk does this weird glowy red eye thing. And Elvira has a flash of like, I'm about to lose my life. But also my late aunt is telling me like, you've had the power with you the whole time. You don't have to die. So she gets her hands free. She puts her hand to the sky, kind of like Captain Planet style. Mm-hmm. And and she makes a rainstorm happen. Um, and in, in, in that moment, she saves her own life. And because apparently rain is no bueno for New Englanders, they all run away. But also it could possibly be because... Um, uh, Uncle Vinny has now like completely shedded any of his I'm a normal human being disguise and he has like his 300 year old face on and they're like oh shit he fucking shit up this no bueno uh, so they're all running for their lives and Elvira and Bob and Gonk are like what we gonna do and so Vinny is pursuing them they end up getting into a tiny mess when they run into an alleyway and they can no get any further and then there's this showdown where Uncle Vinny's like I will show you what real power is and he throws Gonk into a <laughs> dumpster and he so like so rude so rude unnecessary at least he didn't die <laughs> I know uh, he was just like a little dumpster band that yeah. has to hide out and uh, and Bob gets knocked out. And then in the ruckus of the downtown situation, uh, I don't know, I don't remember the other two, but Miss Chastity Pariah and two of her cohorts get turned into pigs, which is funny. Um, also ironic. Also ironic. Um, and so Elvira's like, no. And she flings her hand and somehow through the power of movie magic, her ring flings off of her finger and lands on her uncle's finger. And now he's like, bitch, you real fucked because now I have all the powers. And she's like, oh, fuck, I'm a run. Peace bounce. And she goes back to her house and she's like trying to figure some stuff out. Like, what am I going to do? And he shows up. And then there's the final showdown. And, you know, as any 300-year-old person needs to realize, they have vulnerabilities. They've been around for 300 years. And Vinny got too drunk with power. Um, One of his hands got cut off by probably the mystical, magical ways of the spirit of um, Auntie Witch being in the house. Mm -hmm. And... um, Vinny is just like breathing fire and being like super duper. I'm a toxic masculinity uh, poster boy type of situation. Um, and the severed hand is the one that has Elvira's ring on it. And it's like crawling towards her ass in a very uncomfortable manner. And she's like, oh, what am I sitting on? And it turns out to be the hand. So she like stabs it to death with a sewing needle, uh, a knitting needle. And she gets her ring back just in time to deflect his power. And she defeats him. 
and then everything's hunky-dory except for the fact that the house kind of burned down and the insurance doesn't cover it because it doesn't cover demons and um gonks in like a little neck brace and bob's <laughs> in a neck brace and it matches Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, I'm down on my luck again. What am I to do? And then it turns out Uncle Vinny had no other relatives. Uh, so it turns out Elvira got his shit too. And as you were saying before, he's probably a wealthy man. So she gets money, money. And because somehow overnight the town was like, maybe Elvira is not that bad of a person. Now they're all like super sympathetic and um, apologetic towards her. I'd be like, no, fuck you. I'm taking my money and I'm going back to Vegas. I mean, that's basically kind of what she does. But, uh, you know, the the auto guy is like nice enough to not charge her for the repairs. And um, the innkeeper at the hotel motel holiday Inn is like you know maybe you're not too bad um sorry about it and so she gets his inheritance and you know bob's all like well this is great now you can stay here and rebuild a house and all the things and she's like no i've got to follow my dreams i'm going to vegas i'm doing my show um but she takes bob and gonk with her and she opens the show in Vegas and it's just like you know the spooky bitch show and she's doing her whole Vegas showgirl fantasy shit um and she's doing this like burlesque booby tassel number um fun fact this is a full-fledged skill of Cassandra uh Peterson's like she knows how to do them booby tassels real good good for Uh, her because that's like a skill you have to learn and hone And so according to her, um, she was, you know, doing the showgirl thing. Somebody taught her how to do it. She had her mom fashion an old bra um, with booby tassels so that she could practice. Mm -hmm. And so this is like one of those like rando skills that she's had for a long time. And um, she hadn't done it for a long time until she showed up on set the day for the for the Vegas number recording. Mm -hmm. And she was like, turns out, flinging booby tassels, like riding a bike. You just hop back on, you do it. I mean, she did it. She did it, and she did it well. She did it, and she's doing it, and she's doing it well. And she got all her, like, you know, muscular backup dancer boys. Like, again, she knew what she doing. She knew what clientele that she was making the show for. Um, I'm sure that her Vegas show ran for years and years and years after that. Um, And apparently... They are still trying to make a direct sequel to this movie. Um, there was Elvira, like Haunted Hills, or the Hills, or the Hills of Haunt, or something like that. Elvira's Haunted Hills is that what it's called? I have no idea, but I would love to watch it, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, according to Arthur, and this is my third mention of my husband, so you're welcome. Uh, He's gonna have to start paying us now. Yeah. Apparently, it's not, like, super great, but it's not bad enough to not watch it. Um, but, yeah, she would still love to do a direct sequel to Mistress of the Dark. Um, and I would probably go see it, so whatever. But um, So that is basically the gist of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Uh, it came out in 1988. That's the same year I was born. Um, this movie 
came out in September. So I was like, mm, let's see, April, May, June, July, August, September. So I was like six months old when this movie came out. Basically a fetus still. Basically, I was still needing full human supervision at all times to not die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were still basically like a floppy worm child. I was a floppy worm child bag of poop. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. That's what babies are. So what would you uh, give this film? Well, I really genuinely do enjoy this movie. Um, not just because I'm a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race and a lot of his one-liners came from this movie. Um, I'm really super a fan of this movie of my own accord because I super duper appreciate a woman doing it for herself and owning her sexuality and finding the power in that. And those aren't like overt direct themes of this movie, but they're completely here the whole entire time because Elvira is just very much that punk ass, like sexy, spooky bitch. Um, So for all of those reasons and the camp factor and the fact that it is genuinely funny, I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of 5 jack-o'-lanterns. I agree. It's 4.5. It's wholesome. Um, It's female empowering. It's campy. It's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Vincent reminds me of a, uh, you know, a knockoff Vincent Price in a really nice way. Yeah, well, well, Uncle Vinny was named Vincent as an homage to Vincent. Of course, mm-hmm. yes. Um, so yeah, so that means we gave this movie a nine out of ten, which unfortunately is far beyond the IMDb rating of six point five, um, and the Rotten Tomato score of forty seven percent. What the fuck, people? Get on board. Like I don't understand, especially in spooky. Homoween October season. You need to watch this movie. There's other movies that are coming up very soon on this podcast that you also need to watch in October. And I swear to fucking God, if you don't like them, then you're not a human being. Um, but yeah, so that that's that. Of course, 85% of Google users like this movie. So the overall human race is not fucked in that sense. Um, but, you know... Roger Siskel Ebert and etc. Apparently didn't like this movie too much, which is fucked up. Um, Elvira actually came out with this really huge coffee table book maybe two years ago, one or two years ago. And I got a signed copy of it from Elvira's website for Arthur for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, don't judge me, it actually wasn't that much money. Like, I didn't pay $10,000 for a signed copy. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but he loves Elvira and what she stands for. So I've read it a couple times now. It's mostly just, you know, pictures and her telling the tales behind the pictures. But it's a really good coffee table book for anyone that loves the macabre and is, um, you know, a fellow spooky bitch. Um So, you know, if you're looking to treat yourself to something Elvira-ish, I would go look for the coffee table book because I love that. Um, I feel like it's a good addition to any spooky lover's spook collection anyway. Yeah, uh, spooky dookie, spooky cookie collection. And I gotta say, I'm not super happy with the Elvira pop figures 
not because there's not a great selection of them, but because I don't think Elvira's look translates well to Funko Pop. Do you know what I mean? I th- Yeah, because she is so busty and top heavy. She doesn't yeah. look any different. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. And uh, like a part of what makes Elvira so striking is her like very angular, super thick, dark uh, eyeliner. Um, that's like, you know, a cat eye on either side, like both in the water mark and otherwise. Um, and that doesn't translate to the giant circular eyeballs of Funko Pop either. Um, so yeah, I mean, if you collect them, that's your shit and you do you boo, but, um, I will not be purchasing them. I still kind of want the Sanderson sister ones but Arthur won't let me get them because he thinks we shouldn't have any more Funko Pop in our house and I can't completely disagree with him because we have a rather large collection um, including two Funko Pops of Sydney Bristow from Alias which are like one of my most coveted possessions at the moment that um, seems fair. That was your jam for a long time. Oh my god, Jennifer Garner in Alias was like literally what my life was surrounded around for whatever early 2000s years that show was on the air. So, uh, getting off topic, uh, getting on the tangent as usual, but um, you know, just another like Sydney Bristow, another strong, powerful woman. Like I just can't help being obsessed and uh, worshiping strong, powerful women who own their power and sexuality and know that they're intimidating and lean into that and get what the fuck they want. So good on you, Elvira, for being, even though you're spooky um, and wear a very revealing dress, uh, for being a good role model for women and young girls, because you really are. And thank you, Cassandra Peterson. And that is the end of my TED Talk. Mm-hmm. Welcome to my TED Talk about Cassandra Peterson. <laughs> Welcome to my TED Talk. Uh, there is garlic bread being passed around. Thank you. I would love to go to that TED Talk. Is, is, mean, food, is food customary at a TED Talk? I don't believe so. Probably not, but I would go the extra mile. Like, who who would not listen to me if I was giving them free garlic bread? You know what I mean? I would show the fuck up to that. Yes, queen. All right, so... I'm super pleased with this pick to start off the spooky dookie homoween season. Um, I'm like super duper excited <laughs> for what's coming up in October. Um, I don't want to give anything away though, so we won't. And I mean, either than that, I feel like that kind of sums up the movie for this week. Uh, we ship you Elvira for now and always, etc. And do we have to have a gay meeting about anything? No, I don't think so. I think we're all gay caught up. Yeah, I think we're it's gay been, caught up. It's been a very uneventful gay week. Yeah. Um, um, uh, yeah. Other than some stuff going on internally within ourselves, like me having to move. But that's mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. all there is. Yeah. Um, I am really hoping that that all gets figured out very quickly for you. Um, me too because it's doing me a stress and a depress i get it um like scientifically moving is one of the most stressful uh things for a human uh so it's just never it's never fun and uh 
the stress and the depressed and the anxiety of it all is super duper overwhelming. We just went through it last year. So I know where you're coming from and, um, you know, it's just horse shit, but you know, we'll get through it together. Pumpkins. It's a giant horse turd. Is it not? Um, it is a giant horse turd. Yeah. But it's October mm, tomorrow from the day that this comes out. So, um happy you can eat as much candy as you want without being judged season um you should all go get some Reese's pumpkins because I will as soon as it's October and then I'll start playing all of my spooky records and such um also get yourself some garlic bread pumpkins yeah garlic bread is great uh maybe I just want garlic maybe I brought up garlic bread because I really want garlic bread eat garlic bread for dinner um, I think that could possibly happen. I could make that happen. Yeah. So, uh, either than that, I think we're all good to go for this week. Happy haunting, etc. Um, and, so uh, yeah. Oh, rate, say- comment, subscribe. Rate, comment, subscribe. What else? Um, follow. Follow. So follow us on the Instagrams at copulators die first pod. We are on Facebook as Copulators Die First. And the one thing that we do have to announce is we have a Twitter now. Um, It is at CDFPod. That is C-D-F-P-O-D. So go follow us there. Um, We're both grandpas and still getting used to the world of Twitter. Um, I used to be Twitter savvy about 10 years ago, and thusly it has changed with time. Yeah, I had a Twitter for like maybe two months, and then I was like, this is too stressful for me because there are so many people with so many opinions. Um, I'm much more of a fan of Instagram where I can just see our pictures of things and otherwise just like other people's pictures and not have to necessarily read the captions if I don't want to. I'm a visual learner. Yeah, yeah, I think we're both visual learners. Um, Yeah. Uh, so yeah, definitely go follow us on Twitter. Uh, I like saying Twitter and either than that, you can comment, rate, subscribe, et cetera, especially on Apple podcasts, uh, do us a favor and make our Halloween season super great by going and doing that if you haven't. And either than that, are we ready to sign off, Ashley? I'm ready, Freddie. Are you ready? I'm ready. Keep on creeping on pumpkins, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.